out there in podcast land. You have set your dial once again to Combat Sports with Rhino, episode 139. Our guest a little bit later on going 10 rounds with Rhino, 5-1 and one LFA Bantamweight to Shea, my house, Guthrow. He is so cool. What a great fighter. Really, really fun interview. I can't wait if you guys check that out a little bit later on in the show. So, without further ado. Our, our our episode this week is going to have um, our co-main and main event from uh, Bellator 284, the results from those, PFL 8, our full UFC San Diego recap, of course, our drops of the night, picks for UFC 278, Q&A with the Rhino Gang, 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 and then the aforementioned LFA Bantamweight to say my house got through his latest fighter to go 10 rounds of Rhino. So let's go ahead and get our swim chunks and our flippy floppies on and dive right in. From Sioux Falls, South Dakota, Bellator 284, the co-main event was Rhino Gang member Steve Mowry versus Valentin Moldovsky. Unfortunately, there was an early eye poke. Uh, they called it no contest. It was like inside of a minute or something. Uh, so no contest there. I'm sure they'll run that one back. Going into the main event, which was Neiman Gracie versus Gody Yamaguchi. Beautiful TKO for Yamaguchi with a second-round uppercut over Gracie. Knocked him down and out. Beautiful finish for him at 170 pounds. Moving into PFL 8, which was in, I mean, Cardiff, Wales, which was fucking beautiful, dude. They were showing a lot of, like, landscape shots in between fights and stuff. Man, what a beautiful area. Um, in this co-main event, we had Ante Deliha versus Roman Fiera. It was a ground-and-pound finish uh, for Ante Deliha in that one, TKO 1. And then in our main event, man, this was a bummer for those of us who have been watching Roy McDonald for a long time. He got Badly TKO'd by Delano Taylor uh, in the first round, dude. It was a right cross to ground and pound. Rory was down and out. And we have a question about that a little bit later on in the Rhino Gang Q&A, so we'll get to that a little bit more in depth later on. All right, Lauren, we're going to get into our UFC San Diego results recap, breakdown, whatever you want to call it. So from the Pachanga, which I love that name, Pachanga. Pachanga Arena in San Diego. Our first fight was at 135 with Yusef Zalal versus Damone Blackshear. Um, you know, this was an interesting fight. It was it was pretty it was pretty back and forth. They exchanged takedowns and some top control and some submission attempts in the first couple rounds. And then in the third round, Yusef Zalal really separated himself. He really poured it on. Was hurt hurt Damone a bunch of times. Um, you know, his striking, his elbows, everything. It dropped Damon Damone. I should. Say say um several times again it ended up being a draw because the judges must have given um blackshear the first and second round 10-9 and then yusef zalal got a 10-8 in the uh in the third so yeah i would have given it to zalal myself but what are you gonna do it's a draw right that one for 135 pound for our opener then a catchweight bob between josh kulan versus jason Witt. Holy shit. Jason got an early takedown, but once they got up, Josh threw an incredibly beautiful, crisp, short left hook right on Jason Witt's chin, knocked him down and out. I mean, clean out. KO in the first round for Josh Kulan in his UFC debut coming off the Contender Series. Wow. What a way to make a splash. That was awesome. Moving into 125, we had Tyson Nam versus Oday Osborne. Um, early exchanges, Oday missed a flying knee because uh, he was kind of rushing in, and, and when he landed... Tyson beautifully, um, you know, dropped him with a, with a big shot, landed a couple more shots on the, on the ground and pound. But Tyson, damn, the, the, the thing about it was it was the timing. As soon as O'Day missed that flying knee and landed, his arms were down. 
Oh, uh, Tyson threw a beautiful shot over the top, really hurt him, then jumped on him, finished him off on the ground. Tyson, damn. And I said this in the group chat last night. I felt like a man alone on an island having picked Tyson Nam to win this fight because it looked like I was the only one. <laughs> so I'll pat myself on the back a little bit for this one. Moving into 155 pounds, we have Gabriel Benitez versus Charlie Ontiveros. Um, Charlie came out aggressive, dude. He was throwing some pretty cool axe kicks. Uh, there was a little bit of a low blow. There was not a little bit of a low blow. There was a low blow, a little bit of a stoppage. Once they started off, like right away, uh, Gabriel hit Charlie with a beautiful left hook, which seemed to hurt him, picked him up over his head and slammed him down WWE style, got the full mount, landed the ground and pound over and over and over again to the referee. Had no chance or no choice, I should say, to stop him. Gabriel Benitez, TK in the first round due to ground and pound over Charlie onto the arrows. Moving to 125 pounds, we had Nina Nunez versus Cynthia Calvillo. Um, effective leg kicks were just about the only thing that was going on for the entire first round. Landed by Nina. Not much action, right? There was a lot of circling. Uh, Cynthia did get a takedown in the second, but again, not a whole lot happened. And then in the third, Nina really kept on landing those leg kicks. There was not there wasn't a ton of combinations. There was a ton of aggression. It was really, it was almost point fighting, you know, to be honest, watching that one. Nina Nunez got the split decision in that one and then uh, retired. She says she wants to, um, you know, have more kids. So she is stepping away from the sport to focus on family. Kudos to her for that. It's not like they're going to be hurting for money because she's married to the goat. So you know what? I <laughs> think that's awesome. And congratulations on a great career for Nunez. I think Calvillo should be, um, let go. But then again, after the whole Sam Alvey fiasco, who knows? Who never knows, right? So let's move into 265. We had Martin Boudet versus Lucas Brezki. Um, you know, this was a pretty fun fight, particularly for heavyweight, which everyone knows is my favorite weight class. It was very back and forth. And Lucas was kind of like, he was much smaller. He was like 30 pounds lighter. They were the same height. They're both 6'4", but Lucas was landing more shots, and he was landing faster shots. But when Boudet was landing shots, it was moving Lucas back. It seemed to be more powerful. They seemed to have more oomph on them, right? So Lucas did a good job of sticking and moving, and then Martin Boudet did a good job of pressing forward. <clears throat> Again, I would have given it to Lucas, but it ended up being a split decision for Martin Boudet in that one. It, the, the fight really could have gone either way, so I got no big problem with it. Uh, on that one. Moving in another catch weight, we had 120 pounds. We had Loopy Goodness versus Angela over Kill Hill. Loopy is a fantastic wrestler, and I really like her. I like her attitude. I like a lot of things about Loopy Goodness. The one thing she shouldn't have done last night was just try to box and do Muay Thai with Angela Thrill Hill because, dude, Overkill, that's her game. She's a Muay Thai practitioner. And for some reason, Loopy wasn't going for shots. She wasn't trying to take the fight down. It was she wanted to stand and trade with Angela Hill, who looked great. Angela looked crisp, she had laser sharp. She looked her cardio looked fantastic. There was no way that Angela Hill was going to be denied last night. She got the very clear cut UD over Loopy in that one. Moving into 185, we had GM3, Gerald Mearstar versus Bruno Silva. Bruno Silva is like. He's almost like a video game character, dude. How like how egregiously over dramatic some of his punches he kicks are. Like they come from they're almost like they're almost like he does like a full 360 to throw as hard as he possibly can. They're wild and they're they're off the hip and they're just not good, dude. <laughs> like I mean, GM3, who's a wily veteran, could see him come from a mile away, avoided, avoided, avoided. And then he the dude, and then in the fucking second round, he crushed. 
Bruno Silva, dude. He goes down. Instead of jumping on and trying to finish the ground and pound, GM3 being the submission artist that he is, slapped on the guillotine, choked Bruno Silva out in the second round. I mean, come on, dude. This was this was clearly Bruno Silva being overmatched by someone like GM3 who looked great. So big win for him at 185. All right, moving into 135. We pursue the catch aware versus Ariane Lipsky. We didn't have to wait long for this one. <laughs> it was a huge left hand in the first round, followed by a multi-punch combo, which put which put Ariane down up against the cage. <clears throat> Priscilla Cachuea got rid of her in what was it, just a couple of minutes or less. Incredible performance by Cachuea. I know a lot of us on MMA Twitter love Lipsy because she's so pretty. I get that. I do. But we got a question about her a little bit later on the round again, which we talk about her future, and so we'll get into that one then. So, yeah, big win in 135 for Priscilla Cachuera over Ariane Lipsky. Moving into the, oh, this was the bummer. Moving into 205, we have my man Devin Clark from Rhino Gang 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 versus Azmat Murakhanov. Good straight lefts early for Azmat. Um, a really hard leg kick, or head kick, I should say, from Devin Clark hitting Azmat in the head uh, right towards the end of the first round. From that point more forward, it was mostly Azmat hurting Devin. Devin trying to get out of the way and reset. But Azmat just kept the pressure on. Then in the third round, he landed a crushing body shot right to the solar plexus, put Devin down, you know, finished him out on the ground. Azmat Murakhanov, they were saying it last night on the broadcast, is the real deal. I think he is because I think Devin Clark is a good fighter, and Azmat really crushed him in the third. So big win for him at 205. <clears throat> Moving into 115. Oh, my gosh, what a fucking fight. I want to take a second, Lauren, uh, Tori. I want to take a second here to really give these ladies their due. This was a 20-year-old and a 23-year-old. This was two fighters entering the UFC for the first time. This was the brightest lights, the biggest days. They were on the main card, dude. This wasn't some buried in the prelim. This was the main card, third from the end. Holy shit. Yasmin Urego and Ismin Lucindo put on a fucking show. These two ladies from the jump we're landing huge combinations on each other. Moving forward, nobody wanted to take a step back. Nobody wanted to shoot. Nobody wanted to fucking dance. They were bucking and knucking the entire fucking time. Incredible performance from both of them. Yasmin ended up getting the UD, but my gosh, I don't know. I didn't read anything yet, but I hope they got bonuses because my God. I know Dana talked to Yasmin when she came out of the cage. It was very complimentary. I don't know if they both got 50K. I hope they did. I'll have to look into that later, but my goodness. What a job from both of these two young ladies, 115 pounds. I think they both have huge futures in the UFC. Can't wait to see them both next. Kudos, kudos, kudos to both of you. Moving into 145. Holy shit, what a fight. <laughs> David Onama versus Nate Landwehr. First round was all David Onama, dude. He dropped Nate a couple times. He really seemed to be in control. And then in the second and the third, dude, Nate was just constantly moving forward, landing knees, landing punches, landing elbows, throwing David on his face, right? Like, you know, but he could never lock up a submission. He couldn't get, you know, he couldn't get him out of there. Huge heart showed by David Onama, who just seemed exhausted for the last two rounds. But Nate kept pouring it on, but David wasn't, you couldn't get him out of there, dude. He kept on fighting back. And, and you know, Nate was playing to the crowd he did the hands up thing a couple times walked away when he would put david on the ground instead of following him down to the mat and uh really entertaining really fun fight nate the train land beats david onama by majority decision which was 
ridiculous because it was clearly two rounds to one for Nate. But it is what it is. The right guy won. What a fight. What a scene. Oh, my gosh. The crowd was going insane. Fantastic shit right there. Moving into our main event, we had Marlon Chito Vera versus Dominic the Dominator Cruz at 135 pounds. This first few rounds were very old school Dominic Cruz. It was, you know, fire off three, four, five shots and then get out of the way. It was, you know, blitz in really hard. Uh, and then Chito Vera, you know, every time he really landed solid on Dom, he would knock him down. Uh, Dom Cruz has never been known for having a fantastic chin, but then again, you don't hit him very much. So, right. But Chito Vera is so strong. He's probably the strongest 135 there is, especially in the striking department. Every time he touched Dom, he put Dom down, but Dom would just bounce back up. You know what I mean? Like a, like a Super Bowl. Just would hit the mat, come right back up, throw three, four, five shots. He was really trying to throw that high uh, right head kick often. Never really got through, but it was, you know, that was a part of his arsenal he was trying to implement. It just wasn't happening, dude. And then finally in the fourth, Chito Vera is stalking forward. He throws an incredible left head kick, which hits Dom right in the face. He doesn't even catch himself, dude. He is out, out. He hits the mat, kind of comes to a little. Chito Vera jumps on and finishes him off. Holy fuck. What a kick. What a shot. What a fight. I don't know what's next for Dom Cruz. I don't know if he's going to hang him up. We talked about that a little bit last week. But all we have to focus on is Marlon Chito Vera getting an incredible kick. To end Dominic Cruz's night, get the win at 135 pounds. We have a we have a great question about him coming up in the Q and A as well. So yeah, that is our recap for UFC Fight Night San Diego, and what a fight card it was! All right, Tori, we're gonna go ahead and get into our picks for UFC 278. Our first one, we'll I guess we'll start with the heavyweight division. It's gonna be from Alexander Romanov versus Marcin Tybura. I've got Romanov really dominating this fight, but not finishing Marcin. So I've got a UD in that one for Alexander Romanov. What about you? You know, I really think that Romanov can probably get it. I'm going by a submission, but late in round three. Late round three sub for you. All righty. Moving into 135, and I love <laughs> I love this name because I, I did a bit. It's it's between me and Juice, but. Jews, I always tease him for over-pronunciating names and whatever. And so it's Mirab Duwalashvili versus Jose Aldo. But he would say, Mirab Duwalashvili. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got, I got Mirab beating Jose, the legend, by a very close UD. I think it's going to be a great fight at 135. But, yeah, I got Mirab beating Jose by UD. What about you? I think this is going to be a really great fight. They're both great strikers, but I, I really think that that Alde's got the experience. He's got a little more time in the ring, and I've got him taking it by a split decision. Oh, we got a split decision in that one. All right. Moving into 205, I've got Tyson Pedro beating Harry Hunsaker by a clean KO in the second round. That's clean KO, two for Tyson Pedro over Harry Hunsaker in that one. What about you? See, and that's uh, Hunsaker dropping down to light heavyweight. I think he's got great power, but it's going to cost him his stamina. I just don't think he's going to be able to bring it. So I've got Pedro by a unanimous decision. All right. You guys, I'm going the distance in that one. All right. Moving into 185. We've got Paulo Costa versus Luke Rockhold. I've got Paulo Costa beating Luke Rockhold in the middle of the second round. So that two, three minute mark of round two, Paulo Costa beating Luke Rockhold by punches. What about you? Uh, super, super close right now. We usually, we, we usually agree at least on one. This one I've got Paulo, but I'm going late in the second round by, by KO. Oh, you got a clean KO, too? Okay. Then moving into the main event where the belt is on the line to 170 pounds. We've got Kamaru Usman versus Leon Edwards. 
I think that Leon Edwards is going to bring something different to the table. Obviously, than the last time they fought, he's much bigger, stronger than he was the first time. I think Kamal Usman is the best pound-for-pound fighter probably <clears throat> Excuse me, in the UFC right now. I think it's going to be a great fight, though. I don't suspect it's going to be fireworks the whole time like we, you know, like we would hope. Hope for. I think it's going to be pretty kind of methodical. I think there's going to be a lot of uh, cage control for Kamaru Usman, some dirty boxing, um, and then when they get into into separate, you know, when they get into range, I think Landovich is going to do a pretty good job. So I've got Kamaru Usman winning by a UD five in that one, but I think it's going to be a pretty good fight. What about you? I agree. I mean, Leon, he's he's English, so he's got that boxing. He's got that striker ability underneath of him, and he's just so prolific. And Usman's improved a lot in his striking, but he's always got that more wrestling mindset. So I really look for him to try and like get it into a clinch and control and do damage that way. I think it's going to be just kind of a slow, drawn-out back and forth, but ultimately I've got Usman by a unanimous decision. All righty. Let's go ahead and get into our Twitter questions. I know our first one comes from our dear homie, Mr. B. Mr. B, what do you got for us this week, my dude? All right. Mr. B says, cool. Who should be next for Nate Landwehr? So Nate the Train Landwehr really put on a show last night. So, dude, there's a couple of guys I'd like to see uh, Nate fight next. First would be Alex Caceres. Okay, the the way that Alex moves, the way his cardio is so super high, the way he likes to stick and then get out of the way. I think it's like almost tailor made for Nate Landewerk, right? Who's going to be stalking forward and, you know, try to put on his pressure. I think Alex Bruce Leroy Caceres would be a great fight for next for Nate Landewerk. Nate wants here's the other guy. Nate wants Shane Burgos, right? That's who I think Nate wants. And, And again, that would be a, a recipe for violence, no doubt about it. Shane Burgos is never in a boring fight. Nate Landewehr, I think, would be a fun fight while it lasted. I just don't think Nate Landewehr is there yet skill-wise to take on someone with the experience and the high-level fights that Shane Burgos has had. I would I would give Shane Burgos that win for sure. But I think if Nate gets a few more you know, fights under his belt, gets seasoning, then he'd be ready for a big jump like, like uh, Shane Burgos. But, but yeah. Alex Caceres, man. I think that's the right answer. I think that's who should be next. I think he's ranked six or seven above Nate right now. That'd be a great fight. So, yeah, Nate Landwehr versus Bruce Leroy Caceres next is my answer on that one. So, great question, Mr. B. Thank you very much, my dude. All right, let's go and get to our next one, which comes from the homie, the Doc. Doc, what do you got this week, brother? Doc wants to know, does Luke Rockhold have any chance of beating Paulo Costa next week at UFC 278? I doubt it, but I want to get your take. Okay, so here's the thing about Luke Rockhold, dude. Um, yeah, he's got a chance. Slim and none. <laughs> Slim might bought a might have bought a train ticket, bro. But <clears throat> of course, in the in MMA, anything can happen. And Luke Rockhold has proven in years past he could be a very strong striker, particularly. That left that left body kick is is insane, and I bet you that's still pretty sharp. However, Luke Rockhold has not won a fight in the UFC in five years. He's one in three in his last four fights, and he's 37 years old. Now, granted, in the upper weight classes, 85 and up, age isn't as big of a deal as it is in the lower ones, but he, again, he's, he's 37. It's worth mentioning. Paulo Costa has lost his last two. Um, you know, he got embarrassed by Izzy, and then Vittori and him had that, you know, had that scrap, uh, which he lost by, by decision. Again, I think Paulo Costa is going to be bigger, stronger, faster, hungrier, hit harder, and have taken less damage, and is much younger than Luke Rockhold. And I, I think Paulo Costa wins that fight, and he only gets, he only gets, he only loses if it's one of those incredible, you know, seen out of nowhere. 
kicks or punches that you're like, holy shit, what just happened? But I think nine out of ten times Paulo Costa wins that fight. So, yeah, that's my answer on that one, Doc. Definitely going to be Paulo Costa over Luke Rockhold uh, for sure. Oh, Red's going to do our next one, which comes from our motorcycle riding madman, the Dean Dog. Dean Dog, what do you got this week, dude? Does Vera deserve to get a title shot after last night? Or wait for the winner of Sterling and Dillashaw? Or does he need another win? Thanks. For me, homie, he needs one more, right? I, I think the I think he should fight the winner of next Saturday's Mira versus Jose Aldo. Now, again, I know we know what happens usually. <laughs> when somebody beats somebody the way that he beat Jose Aldo, I think if they were to fight again, he would win again. Now, Mirab poses some different problems, but I think Mirab is going to beat Jose Aldo, so it would be Mirab versus Chito Vera. I think Chito Vera gets through Mirab Duwalashvili. Um, and then, then, then you can really be in the mix of he should get the winner of TJ or, or Aljamain Sterling, dude. So <clears throat> he's got to fight one more to me. He's got to fight and win one more and be impressive. And again, it should be the winner of Mira versus Jose, which I think is going to be Mira. And then if he gets through him, then you take on the winner of TJ and uh, Aljo, which I'll be talking about more in depth as it gets closer. But yeah, that's my answer on that one, dude, for sure. So, um, yeah, Chito Vera, one more win, and then, then yeah, he should absolutely uh, fight for the 135-pound title for sure. So, Dean Dog, great question as always, my man. Hope you get a good ride today, my dude. We love you. All right, let's get into our fourth one. It comes from my homie from up in Canada way, the Rage of Sweet Potato, RSP. What do you got for us this week, my dude? First off, can we take a moment to appreciate that Nate Landwehr has made the right choice to be the train and not another the great? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Major respect on that. So my question this week is where do you see the middleweight division this time next year? Who will be a champ and what will the top five look like? So if we're talking about next summer of uh, next year, so a year from now, I think the top five is going to look very similar. Uh, there's going to be two major changes, right? <clears throat> I think Robert the Reaper Whitaker is out of the top five. I'm a huge fan of his. I love him. I've loved him for a long time, but Robert, the Reaper Whitaker is going to be out of the top five. He's going to lose to Marvin Vittori. Vittori is going to replace him in there. And then Alex Perheya is going to be the 185-pound champion. He's going to have beaten Izzy not once, but he's going to beat him. And it's going to be, you know, it's going to be one of those deals where they're like, well, Izzy, something happened. You know, there's going to be a bunch of excuses because Izzy has a huge fan base, right? And I think Alex is going to beat him. And then they're going to call for like an immediate rematch, like three months later. And then I think Alex is going to beat him again. Alex Mejia is going to be the 185-pound champion during the summertime of next year. And then the rest of the top five will look pretty similar, except for Robert Whitaker will be out, Marvin Vittori will be in, and Alex Mejia will be our 185-pound or middleweight UFC champion. That is my prediction on that one, RSP. Bold as it may be, I'm sticking to it and saying it with my whole chest. So, yes, thank you very much, Rage Super Potato. That's a great question, my dude. Ah. Well, that got me a little fired up. Um, you, all, you, you, you all heard it here first. So next summer when this comes true, we'll be like, Rhino knew. He knew, man. He knew he what knew. he was talking about. Yep, yep, I hope that's the way it works out. Well, we'll see. <laughs> all right. Uh, Tori, let's go ahead and get to our voice question. Our first one comes from our buddy, Ty the Fly Guy. The motorcycle. Oh, I almost said motorcycle riding madman like for deep. Ty the Fly Guy, our Denver Broncos loving broski. Ty, what do you got for us this week, my dude? Hey, Rhino, it's Ty, um, your Denver Broncos own fanatic, which, speaking of which, uh, just finished watching them beat the Cowboys, 1-0, even though it's only preseason. I did watch the card, 
And I do have to say, I was kind of disappointed in Ariana Lipsky's performance because if you've read anything, I'm just going to say, when you say, boo, Macy Barber, boo, I say, boo, Priscilla Cachoeira, boo. Yeah. So my question for you this week, um, Ariana Lipsky is three and five in the UFC. Who would you have her fight next if she is not released by the UFC? Let me know what you think. I love the show, and I'll catch you later. Peace. Yeah, I mean, next for Lipsky should be someone like the new tough champ, Juliana Miller. Lipsky hasn't looked good as of late. Miller, um, you know, looked fantastic in her tough, you know, championship fight. She needs to make her debut versus a name, she, at least a name that people know. Um, you know, she proved in her in her in her tough finale that she could be somebody who's far more experienced than her. She is ranked, I think, like five or six behind. Now, this is before the update, so she's like five or six behind Lipsky, I think. <clears throat> so again, this would be one that would be beneficial for both of them. You know, if if Lipsky could get back on track and get a win over Miller, that gets her, you know, back into the mix and moves up some slots. If Miller is to get that fight and get that win. It's a big debut for her uh, in the organization. It would be showing that she is probably someone who can be fast-tracked to the 125-pound title picture. And then again, if you have an up-and-comer of you know like her, I think she's like three and one because you can't include, or maybe four and one because you can't include the exhibitions from the Tough House. So if she's like four and one and she's going up against somebody who's lost three out of four. That's a good matchup, right? It's kind of a crossroads fight. So yeah, I'm going with Juliana Miller versus Ariane Lipsky for Juliana Miller's, um, you know, regular UFC debut uh, after the tough competition and Lipsky. Yeah. If she doesn't win that one, dude, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. When it happens. So great question as always, Ty, check him out at the front kicks and throw cuddle spot. Thank you very much. Ty fly guy. My dude. All right, our next one comes from the OG Jimasoon. Jim, what do you got for us this week, my guy? What's going on, you bunch of fucking casuals? Rhino and Rhino gang, hope y'all are doing well. Um, pretty good night of fights yesterday. Um, I didn't get to catch a boxing there at the end because uh, my daughter's birthday and all, but um, I'm just gutted for fucking Rory, man. And that's going to be my question for you this week is... Uh, what the fuck is next for Rory McDonald? Um, Robbie really did steal his soul and his fucking fighting spirit, I find, because he's just not been the same since. Um, static for fucking Cheeto Vera. I'm, I'm just a big fan of this guy. I know some people don't like him, but oh well. I don't give a fuck. I've always been a fan of him, especially when he beat fucking O'Malley. That was when I was just, I loved it. I'm just not an O'Malley fan at all. Anyways, that's my question for this week, man. Give up the great work. And you know, it's always 420. So according to Rory's wife, Rory is retired. Um, and, he, he, you know, he will not come back. He is absolutely done with MMA uh, moving forward. I have not heard that directly from Rory. Now, maybe, you know, subsequently since last night, he's said something, but I haven't seen it. But, yeah, Rory's wife absolutely said he is done. And so you're right. Rory versus Rory was one fighter. And then after he fought Robbie Lawler the second time, he was never the same. He was a totally different dude. And if indeed that was his last fight last night, I, you know, I can only say he he was one half of my favorite all-time UFC fight. Him versus Robbie, too, was absolutely the epitome um, and the pinnacle of what I want to see in a fight. The the striking, the blood, the guts, the heart, the, the 
everything about that fight was something I just love. And if I was going to show somebody one fight who's never seen a UFC fight, it would be that one. So I hope he has a wonderful retirement. I hope he still maybe gets into coaching or does something. He's a guy who's got lots of, you know, diverse interests of things. So I think he'll be fine. You know, I wish him and his family all the best moving forward. But yeah, sounds like he's retired and that's a wrap on his career. All right, let's get into our next one, which comes from the Juicy Fruit Baby from the Friendly Sparring Podcast. Juicy Fruit Baby, what do you got this week? What's up, Rhino? Uh, Juice here with a with a kind of out-of-box question, you know, per our usual for each other's shows. Um, I just got offered a part in a play that I auditioned for, and it's a kind of a major role. And uh, so, yeah, I'll be, I'll be accepting those congratulations. Thank you very much. Uh, um, but... And they didn't explicitly state this, but usually with like community theater, they're like, no, don't announce it until we announce it. It's like all very much like kind of how the UFC is with their fights. Like they don't want fighters to announce their fights. They're like, let us break the news or whatever. And it's like, that's such bullshit. And they're also like that with fighter pay as well. Like they're like, everyone's real cagey about their pay, like fighters as well. Don't you think, and this is kind of where the question comes in, if they would just disclose their own pay, then that would lead toward. I don't know, some sort of increase, possibly, at least a level of the playing field with negotiations. What do you think? First of all, yes, it, yes, it would do. Now, we all know that they, they being, I'm, I'm guessing the UFC or the commission, they disclose fighter purses after, right? But there's always differences. Like, they don't go, they don't go into account of, like, how much you pay your manager, how much you pay your gym, you know, how much you made from sponsors, you know, things like that. So they just give you kind of your purse. So that being said, Yes, that would help with the negotiation process for all fighters moving forward if everybody wanted to disclose that, you know. But, dude, the flip side is that you'd be opening up your personal financial information, not just to other fighters, not just to managers or promoters of different other promotions. But, dude, different everybody around the world would know your shit, be in your business, you know, have a take on it, right, be able to remark on it, be able to troll you, fuck with you, or, you know, say this out of the other about what money you're bringing in. That'd be the whole world at large. I definitely see what you're saying as far as it could help fighter pay as far as negotiations in the wrong in the long run. But I also, dude, I could see not wanting to do that because you're opening up your personal business to everybody. And I don't think I know personally I would want to do that. I don't think you would want to do that. I'm sure fighters don't want to do that, at least not collectively. I mean, some may want to, but it seems to be really hard to get, uh, you know, the entirety of the promotion or even of MMA fighters as large groups to you know, to get on board with anything, right? You know what I mean? It's just one of those deals that people don't want to do. People want to have all their business kept to themselves and, you know, move from there. So yeah, I just don't see that ever happening, buddy. I might be wrong, but I just don't see it ever being where everyone puts all their cards on the table. Look, this is what we're making. You know, we should all be making more. This person makes too much. or This person doesn't make enough or whatever. I just don't ever see it happening, buddy. So Great question, as always, Juicy Fruit Baby. Make sure you check him out on the Friendly Sparring Pod with him and Leo. And, yes, congratulations on your new role. That is badass, my guy. All right, Tori. We're going to move into our 10 rounds of Rana with Tashay Guthrow after a quick word from our sponsor, K&R Designs. Hey, Rhino gang. Are you looking for a piece of furniture to tie the room together? Maybe make it feel a little bit more homey? How about a beautifully restored dresser for the bedroom or an end table for the family room? We'll look no further than my good friends at K&R Designs. 
You got a piece of furniture that needs restoration? They got you covered. Looking for a new addition to your home decor that's already been beautifully done? They got you there, too. We're talking dressers, armoires, kitchen tables, cabinets, nightstands, any and all wood furniture you can think of, they've got or can get for you. So check out K&R Designs in-store at 101 West Chicago Boulevard in Tecumseh, Michigan, or on their website, knrcustomdesigns.com. Check out their Facebook page, K&R Home Deco, that's D-E-C-O, to see everything they have and the amazing work that they can do. You can also call and order at 517-605-7173. They accept PayPal, Venmo, Square, Cash, Check. They accept them all. So if you want the absolute best of the best and restorative wood furniture creators, you got to check out K&R Designs. Tell them you're a member of the Rhino Gang, and that'll get you 20% off your very first purchase. Once again, check out K&R Designs, Combat Sports with Rhinos, proud sponsor. All oh, fight fam, we got ourselves another fantastic guest going 10 rounds with Rhino this week. Five and one, LFA Bantamweight, Tache, my house, Guthrow. Dude, I am so stoked to have you on. Uh, we really appreciate you taking the time tonight, dude, so we can't wait to get you to go 10 rounds with Rhino. Yeah, brother, thank you for having me. Much appreciated. Absolutely. We are super stoked. So, dude, to say the first question is always the same one of the 10 rounds of running with our with our fighters we have on because I love it. It's probably my favorite question of the whole thing. What is the origin story like? What prompted you to first get involved in this crazy world of MMA, dude? It's um it's like it's a long story. But um uh, just to break it down really simple, I had a really off, uh rough upbringing. Um like uh like let's just say my mom had me when she was like 16 gave me away to my great grandma she was like 64 when i was just born took me in um don't know my biological father family's bunch of fucking drug dealers um just yeah and then my great grandma kind of saved me and uh brought me up with love and um but then I see in a different life, like shit, nobody's probably like a lot of people haven't seen. You know I mean, growing up as a kid, so I grew up with a different mentality and um, violence was really natural in uh, my upbringing. And um, I don't know, I just love fighting. And then fucking uh, my stepdad, he uh, watched a lot of fucking Jean-Claude Van Damme, Steven Seagal, Bruce Lee, all that. So just always love violence and fighting and then um yeah high school gotten a lot of shit i wasn't really good in school and um i was fighting a lot and uh i remember i was like setting fights up i was fighting myself and uh the principal brought me in one day and was like what do you kind of want to do with your life and um i told him i wanted to fight it's like nothing else really see that or fucking hustle and um so hooked me up with a counselor. She set me up with a jumpstart, uh, Canadian Tire. They have that program, and uh, they paid for half my year when I was 15 because I grew up with my great-grandma, right? So yeah. really broke, and um, yeah, and that's fucking how it started. I started doing it, fell in love, and watching. Uh, I remember watching Chuck Liddell and Tito fight the one day. I think I was like 13, and I was like, fuck, I could do that. And then just <laughs> never, ha- just never had like um, – the opportunity to train and all that until my principal hooked me up and put me on the right path oh, ever since. It. Yeah. 
Um, so you mentioned my favorite fighter of all time, Chuck Liddell. What a what yeah, a ice man. Yes, sir. Uh, so, dude, your next scrap is at LFA 139, August 19th. And today is the 10th. So we're talking about just nine days from now. Uh, that'll yep. be on UFC Fight Pass. Every time we have a camp, you know, I was a pro fighter for 10 years. Every camp is oh, different. Every, stuck. Thank you, sir. Every camp is different. Uh, there's highs, lows. There's there's things that get sharpened up. There's things we kind of lose ground on a little bit. Sometimes yep. we're focused specifically. It, what would you say, if you could pinpoint, has been the, the part of this camp, this time around, that you feel you've sharpened up the most in the arsenal? Um, This camp's been short. It's like four-week camp. Like, So what happened was I started camp in – what was it? So I was supposed to fight two and a half weeks ago for uh, Cage Wars, and then uh, it got canceled. So I was in camp for about six weeks for that one, and then this one. And then so that one got canceled, and then right away, the week after, uh, I was like, told my manager I want on this card. He got me on it. So it was kind of a short camp, and I switched up opponents. So the last camp, I was fighting more of a boxer style. Um, watched a lot of fights on him. I was going to dust his ass. Yeah. And then, um, and then we got this guy and I couldn't find too much. Like I only found one clip on him, his last LFA, but, um, I'm going to dig deep tonight, see if I can find any more, but just his last fight is all I really needed. seems like he's good all around. Um, so right now I don't really like the game plan is just to fucking put pressure on him, violence and a high like high volume, right? That's my that's my main thing. Pressure, high volume, and violence. And um, he's gonna break. But um, absolutely. Yeah, that, that's it. Yeah, I'm just gonna break. <laughs> no, no, dude. I, I feel you, dude. Like I'm, I'm right with you. Uh, Arnold Jimenez is the guy's name. Uh, yeah. Who you're fighting, and I've only seen the one LFA fight on yeah. it as well. So I don't have too much. I you know I can give yeah. it from that because we're in the same boat. Um, yeah. So you're just gonna you're just prepared to do what you do, and that is very high pressure. That is. Uh, aggressive striking that is um, aggressive work on the ground. I mean, you are yes. very, you're not somebody who lays in praise. You are not somebody who accepts bottom. You know what I'm saying? You're always working to, to improve position, which yep. is why you're an exciting fighter. And one of the main reasons I reached out and want to have you on the show, dude. So oh, thank you, man. So, oh, you're very welcome, homie. So to say this will be your seventh pro fight, but yep. you also had nine AMI fights before that. Now, yeah. We grow the most when we turn pro because we learn the game. We learn how, you know, we have to we have to really widen the variety of things we get good at. But you yep. were already a pretty good AMI. But what would you say you've improved on the absolute most from the time you turned pro until right now? Uh, my wrestling jits. Like, um, everyone knows, like, I had nine amateur MMA fights. But before that, I actually went 32 and nine as an amateur kickboxer. Oh, Nice. Yeah, I'm like Nationals, Pan Ams, I went to Worlds, Team Canada. So that's kind of a hidden gem that no one really knows. Yeah. High level, like they see my striking, but it's way more high level than what people think in my fight IQ there. But um, definitely my grappling came a long way, and that's what I, I kind of focused on more. Want my wrestling and jiu-jitsu just fucking, as you see now, I can wrestle and take anyone down. And high level jits, I can get the fuck up because if I'm not, if I'm on my back, I'm either getting up or I'm on top of you. I don't like to be underneath fucking playing that game. Very cool, dude. I got you. Now, there are a, there are so many nicknames in MMA. There's a million Spartans and pit bulls and gladiators and warriors, but there is no other my house. No. Nah. Where did my house come from and who gave it to you? Um, so it wasn't, it was like given to me, but it wasn't me and, uh, my first ever, um, coach, my Muay Thai coach, 
So like 10 years ago, we went to actually, yeah, it was like 10 years ago. We went to Trinidad for a trip, a uh, team trip. And um, we went down this mountain and then we're in the ocean. We're all fucking swimming. Then we all almost died because the, the tide uh, went out. And then oh, I no. came, in, came in. Yeah. And I wasn't a strong swimmer. And there's a bunch of us. It was a fucking fight to get back to land. And it, it was crazy. We all almost died. And then um, the, hel- the gym we're training at was called Rough House. And then um, at the end of the trip, our coach got us all made um, these little chains with a surfboard because that's how we got saved. Uh, these people brought out surfboards and brought us in. And on the surfboard, it had a wave, a black and a white wave on it. And it said, your house. Because it was like the saying for rough house was like, whose house? Our house. Okay. And it just said, your house on the back. And it had the yin and yang and like. He was just, I remember going up the mountain after we almost died and him talking about like struggle and adversity and the chain. I was just like, after that, I don't know. I was just, I'm like, this is my house. Like no matter what, like that's how I thought about fighting, like overcoming adversity and in life and in the cage and like in the cage is fucking bro. That's, that's easy. Life is hard. Like a hundred percent, dude. That's so, yeah, that's where it came from. But that that's, as, that's as good of a backstory on a nickname as there has ever been. on this show. <laughs> Yeah. I know everyone uh, says, everyone says you got to get it given to you. It was given to me, but I kind of chose it myself too. Right. Sure. Cause like, I think, I think you more than earned it through that. Yeah. That you had to go through. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was crazy. I was, I was shook. Yeah. Right. Right. No doubt about it. Um, looking at your career results, you won fights in a multitude of ways, right? You know, you've had submissions, you've had TKOs, you've had KOs, every which way but loose, you've finished fights. Yep. Is there one way that you find more satisfying than others, or is it just you don't give a shit as long as you finish the fight, that's what's most important? Or even just winning the fight is what's most important? No, I always want finishes. Uh, KOs. I like, like, um, the last, the one before last was a walk-off, and uh, that was the most, that was the best feeling ever. I like putting people away. Because to me, it's like, when I enter the cage, it's kill or be killed, and like I like to leave like that. I want to leave them dead. Like that's it. We're, there is no ref. We're like on the street or wherever. Like say, you know what I mean, think of primal times. And, like me and you, fucking. I'm not gonna leave you alive because you're gonna come back for me. You know what I mean? So I think if I can put this guy out and he's out out, I'd in real life I'd finish the job. That's how I see it in the cage. So that's why I fight so fucking hard because I'm like, it's either me or you, and it's not fucking me. That's it. <laughs> yeah. I love it, dude. So now this is going to kind of change the mindset from what we we're just kind of getting into. So kind of put yourself away from the game. I know it's hard to do when you're in when you're in camp right now and everything's mm-hmm. about to fight. But in just normal life, you know, we're training and then the, we also have a life outside of the gym and yeah. away from the away from the the fight world, if you will. What are some things that my house likes to do away from the fighting world? You know, hobbies wise. Mm, like. Um, I don't know. I chill with my girl, chill with my dogs, smoke a bunch of weed, relax. <laughs> um, it's not really much I do other like even when I fucking game, I'm playing UFC. Oh like, right, right. <laughs> that's the only game I play. Like um, I don't know. Like for work, I do private training. Um, I'm pretty obsessed about fighting, man. There's not much I do outside of it. Like that's totally fair. We've had a lot of people answer that same exact thing. Like there is no other. There like, is there, no, like there's ha yeah i don't know um now um, i do want to ask you a question and i want and, and i asked this of all my canadian homies because you know so first of all to say i don't even know if i told you i'm from i'm from and live in detroit right 
Yeah. So I, I'm just I fought there once. I, oh, sweet. I'm just across the water from you. Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? Uh, and so we're, we're from the kind of the same region and, um, have you, and I'm asking this of all my Canadian homies now, have you seen letter Kenny? Letter Kenny? No, I haven't. Okay. So letter Kenny is a, is an, ex, it's, it's the funniest show that I've seen in mm-hmm. the last 10 years. It's a, it's a really, really, if you have Netflix or Hulu or, or whatever, you can always find letter Kenny. It's super, it's from Ontario. Yeah. Um, I think I've heard of it. Yeah. It's, it's pretty much about fighting and hockey and drinking. And it's, I, I think you really, really like it. Um, so yes, I, especially the Ontario homies. I always tell the Ontario homies, you haven't seen it. Check out yeah. letter Kenny. So that being said, we're going to yeah. work our way into this one is another hard question, dude. If you weren't a fighter, I know it's hard to put your minds at, but like just in hypothetically, if yeah. you weren't fighting professionally, what's something you can see yourself doing career-wise? Mm, businessman, manager. In particular, um, like selling houses. Okay, real stock estate. market. Yeah, just businessman. Anything I can get my hands on. Like after, well, during fighting, even I want to touch into all that. I go in my own house right now. Um, I want to take a second mortgage, get another house, just own a bunch of houses, properties. Um, yeah, man, I'm a hustler at heart. Absolutely, dude. That's a great fucking answer. There's, now, yeah, there's a ahead. lot of things. Like, Absolutely. I want to own restaurants. I want to. I do a lot. You know what I mean? If I wasn't fighting, I'd be fucking. I probably have a lot more money than I do right now. <laughs> but, um, a lot of focus is on this shit because if you're not on point, then you might get touched up. Hundred percent, dude. So you 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 would like a lot of irons in the fire, and I could see that because you're a very high energy guy, and you're right. You have a very not just high fight IQ, but I can see you being very successful in all those formats. So, dude, when you are a hundred and whatever pounder you are right now, I don't need, we don't need to know your weight right now because you're pre cut. Yeah. But yeah, when, when when we're dieting down before the fight, we have to really deprive ourselves of some of the things that we love to eat, we love to get down on. But just put yourself in the mindset of you've already won the fight, you've already finished it, you're out with your friends, your family, your girl, your teammates, everybody. It's time to really throw down and have a great meal. What are yeah. you planning on getting and where are you getting it from, my dude? Oh, where are we going? Um Maddie Matheson's. It's this uh it's like um, Maddie Matheson's. I forget what style it is. It's like, um, fuck. It's like somewhere in the States. It's the style food in the States. Um, fuck, I can't even think. But, I know yeah, who that guy the, is, though, right? Yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's very famous. He's in yeah, he's a heavy set guy. Heavy yeah, set heavy guy set. With lots of tattoos. Yeah, bro. Yeah, he yeah, makes yeah. fucking some good food. Um, I forget what the style food it is, though. But it's fucking ball. Maddie Matheson's, though. That's the go-to. So what would the dish be, do you think? Uh, last time I was there, I had fried, check, fried chicken, tater tots, these uh, beans. Um, yeah, I was banging. Like, the best beans i ever had in my life. <laughs> um, yeah. No, it was good, man. It sounds like you're, I you're, love speak, food. you're speaking my language, bro. <laughs> I'm, I'm a fried kid at heart, man. In high Me school, too. I, I was 240 in high school. Right. Yeah, so I was hefty. <laughs> but dude, fried chicken and tater tots oh, and beans are right up my right up my fucking alley. Go to. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So dude, we have careened our way into the tenth round, which is to say is the easiest round of them all. Just fucking share your social medias with us, dude, so everybody in the Rhino Gang can kind of follow along. Look forward to your next fight in your career and kind of keep tabs on you moving forward and I'll get on board the my house uh, you know, the train going through. Yeah, brother. Um on Instagram, my house MMA. Facebook, same thing. Twitter, same thing. My House MMA. Go check it out. Yeah. 
fucking follow me and join the journey because it's going to be exciting. We're just getting started. This isn't even, this is just a step. Right, dude. We're at the tip of the iceberg right now on this guy's career. I'm telling everybody to shave my house. I'm telling you, this guy is somebody to watch and is somebody to follow. I can't wait for your fight, dude, at LFA 139, August 19th on UFC Fight Pass. We're all going to check it out. The whole Rhino gang is going to be riding with you, my dude. And uh, best of luck, best of skill, best of everything moving forward. Yeah, brother. No, thank you for having me. No, it was much appreciated, bro. It was a good one. This is T-Shay, my host, Guthrow, and I just went 10 rounds with Rhino. Let's go. To say that was fucking awesome, dude. And I really, really enjoyed uh, that conversation, my man. I can't wait to uh, see your next fight of the LFA coming up soon. It's going to be badass. We really appreciate you taking the time, my guy. All right, we want to get some shout-outs in the outro to our forum contributors, Mr. B, to my best friend from home, the Doc, to Ty the Fly Guy, to the OG Jim Asun, to the Juicy Fruit Baby from Friendly Sparring Pod, to Dean Dog, to my homie, the Rage of Sweet Potato. To, of course, to Tempting Tori for co-hosting and filling in yet again today. Check out her link tree. She's got her OnlyFans. She's got all kinds of great stuff on her link tree. Make sure you check that out for him, Tori. To my homie Mike Morgan. To Brat. To the Filthy Casual. To our girl Adrian. To Ashley. To Cyrus King from the Combat Corner Pod. To Chris from Unmatched MMA. To Fabian the Man of Mayhem. To our wonderful homie Miss Fight Diva. To Underdog MMA fam, to Jillian, Chrissy. All right, you know what? Let me preface this by saying Jillian, the future champ, DeCourcy. To Chrissy, Monica, Katie, and Jason, all the ladies of the PRG. My Rhino Gang GC, of course, to the feature play, Andrea. To D Reigns, the best engineer in the biz. To Dave French, the iron son of graphic design. I hope everybody has a great week this week. Be kind to one another. Shit's hard enough, man. Let's be nice to each other if we can. You do your best work you can this week. Be hardworking. Get the praise you deserve. I hope you have a wonderful week this week. As we always say, love is greater than hate. And we will see you next week. Cage Sun!